Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. It's good to see you guys. I know the format looks a little bit different up here. You're probably wondering what is going on. And if you haven't heard already, um, I have some exciting news for you. It's not just that I'm not preaching today. Please don't laugh. Uh, But it's that um, I have the opportunity to share God's word today with a group of people that are up here. Today, we're actually going to be concluding our series uh, called Living Loved and our study of the Song of Solomon. And it has been an amazing spring. We've been in this book from the start of February. Um, Last week, I asked you guys who has ever really read this book, taken time to understand this book, who has heard this book taught, and almost all of us said, this was new to us. <laughs> this was new to us. And yet, how sweet, right? That in this last season, we have discovered God and His Word in new and really refreshing ways. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God's done in my life, and I'm so thankful for what God's done in your life. And this morning, I'm really thankful for what God's done in the five people who have joined me on stage. And I want to introduce all of them. You might think, there's not five, but there actually is, and I'll tell you about it in a second. Um, this is Grace Ann, Grace Ann Grisham over here. Y'all say hey to Grace Ann. This is Kayla Edwards right here. Say hey, Kayla. Right here in the center is Bobby Eklund. Would y'all say hey to Bobby? He's not up here yet, but he's about to be, all right? This is Rick Schulte. Would y'all say hello to Rick? And this is Sam Love. Say hi to Sam. So this morning, um, five members of our church are going to be sharing out of their own story of how God spoke to them in the book of the Song of Solomon, but also how God has changed them or is changing them and how they believe that God desires to change you. I think this morning, I told you last week, I think this morning will be the best week of the series, not because um, of the format, but because I think we're going to have opportunity to, to really not only understand the word more, but really see how it connects to our personal life and how it changes things practically. And so I, I would encourage you, even though um, I'm not going to be giving you new content this morning, to think about taking something out to write notes with like you do every single week with an expectation, leaning forward with an anticipation that you will have opportunity this morning to hear from God. One of the things that we value in our times of corporate worship is hearing from the word, not just through a small set of preachers, but through one another and really hearing testimony. And so this morning, I I want you to still anticipate uh, hearing from God and maybe taking something out to write with or your phone to take notes in could be helpful to you. Before we do this, I just want to remind you briefly of where we've been. Song chapter 2, verse 14. I said on the very first days, the very first verse that you heard of the Song of Solomon before we ever began the series, and I don't even know if you remember, um, but this is what it was. And I helped you to know right at the start that this book is about you and your relationship with the Lord. And that there's something here in this book that God is wanting you to know about himself. This is the voice of Jesus calling out to you here from Song chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, my dove, in the cloughs of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me see your face. And let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. From the beginning, we established that this book highlights a need, a particular need for intimacy. And we said if you can understand that this book is about 
God's speaking to you about your need for intimacy, then you can understand something about what this book is trying to do, why it's even in the Bible. There are some people in here who you read this book and you just blush, right? Or in middle school, you're like, are you kidding me? And you wonder, what is this here for? But God is trying to get our attention about our need for intimacy. And we talked about how, yes, the book obviously at surface level highlights the joy of finding intimacy in the relationship of marriage. We talked about that. But what we also talked about is it's got to be something more than human relationship because not every one of us is called to marry. And even in marriage, we're called to make sure that we're not treating our spouses as if they can somehow fulfill us. Our hearts are not made for our spouses. Our hearts are made for God over and over and over. And there can be joy and intimacy found in marriage and even outside of marriage. So it's something more than marriage. And that thing that's more than marriage, we've talked about ultimately this song is about Jesus and us. It's about the joy of finding intimacy in relationship with Jesus. And we've talked about this theme over and over, Jesus, lover of our soul. How in the Bible, the Bible presents Jesus as a lover, as a bridegroom, as a husband. And the Bible helps us understand that we are beloved. We are the bride. We are the wife. That's who we are as his people. Old Testament speaks to this, like passages like Isaiah chapter 54, 5, for your maker is your husband, we've learned. New Testament speaks to this, passages like Ephesians chapter 5, the mystery is profound of marriage, but I'm saying it's all about a reference, a reference to Christ and the church. So we have well-founded reason to understand that then this book, Song of Solomon, about marriage is meant to help us see something of Jesus and his relationship to us. The marital imagery of the book it shows us in concrete ways that Jesus is love and what it looks like to be loved by him. Over and over we've said, as we listen to the book, we're hearing God's heart say, I love you like this. And our response is the response of song one, three, and four. And I close now with this, and then we'll hear from the panel. But our response is, oh, for your love, your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. How amazing it is to be loved by God and how amazing it is knowing that he loves us, that he wants to see our face and hear our voice just to say to him, oh God, you can have all of me. I love you so much. And to express back to him the incredible joy and fulfillment that we find in him. So that's where we've been. This morning, we're going to be talking about all of this. Are y'all ready? Anybody excited? Awesome. I want to put up here um, the pathway, the journey of love that we've been talking about, because throughout this, we have been discussing all of these themes. And as we share this morning on the panel, and I'm gonna start with Kayla, um, it probably will help you to connect some of these things and maybe even the panelists to connect some of these things as we reflect back on the book. So, Kayla, I wanna start with you. Um, yeah, share with us. What, what in the book, what did you discover as we walked through the, through the song? Um, what did you learn and what impact has it made? I had a meeting with Barrett on Tuesday yeah. to discuss like what I was going to share um, because there was like so many things that the Lord has shown me, still showing me through this book and kind of had a game plan of things I was going to share. And then since Tuesday, I felt like that game plan kind of went blurry almost. And I was like, oh no, like Sunday's coming quickly. And I kind of thought what I was going to say. And then all of a sudden it's like, a blur and I don't know what I'm supposed to share anymore. And so yesterday, you know, being Saturday, I was like getting restless about this because I'm like, oh no. And um, so I was in Kroger and I was texting like one of my friends because she's, she doesn't go to ICC, but I've shared this like whole series with her and I've shared a lot of my heart with her through the series. So I was going to go to her for like advice and wisdom and like insight of what I should share with the panel today. Um, just like to get her to repeat back kind of the things I've told her. And um, so I thought, okay, when I leave Kroger, I'm gonna call her when I get home. And in that moment that I thought that, I felt like so much conviction in my heart of like, 
oh, like, why don't you call me instead? Like the Lord convicting me of like, why don't you come to me for insight and not your friend? And immediately it hit me, like, just like this bride in chapter five when she's lost um, from her groom. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the bride that's lost in this moment. And um, I'm going to like my friend for insight instead of like the Lord. And I shared with Barrett, the thing that like kind of hit me was, um, I love that the bride's lost, but she has to remember like who her groom is and like tell like, um, her friends are like encouraging her, like tell me who he is. And as she remembers like who he is, then she discovers like where he is and she's found again. And it was like me living out this like truth that I was gonna share of chapter five, things that the Lord has taught me, then the Lord catching me and not like living that out. Um, like this amazing truth that I discovered in this book. Um, yeah, so it was just interesting. Like the Lord making me live out what I was gonna share even yesterday in the middle of Kroger, not knowing what to say. Um, and so, yeah, I just love that, um, that reminder of like when we are lost and we don't have the wisdom or we don't know what to do. Um, even when you're sharing about the pain of like just the world right now, it's like in those moments when we're so lost, it's like just going back to the Lord and remembering like who he is and, you know, encouraging ourselves and encouraging each other to remember like the things about the Lord. And when you meditate on who he is, then you like know where he is and you know like what to do. Um, so yeah, it was just really interesting, like living out the very thing that I was going to say. Anyway, uh, the Lord making me like live that out as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think the theme throughout this whole thing is like me taking my eyes off of myself and like turning it to the Lord. Um, we talked about commitment and uh, yeah, I, I struggled with uh, the same friend that I was texting in Kruger. Uh, I'd been running with her and every week I was telling her like, I know the Lord has me, but like, I don't trust my commitment to him. Like, I know how flawed I am and I, I just don't trust my like grip on him. And then I was reading in John 15 and the Lord was, you know, like telling me, you know, I chose you, you didn't choose me. And that conviction of like, you've got to stop looking at yourself and like what you can do. And I need you to turn your eyes to me and like my commitment to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's like undergirding themes through even like chapter five of looking at the groom, not looking at yourself. Um, and then even looking at my commitment, looking at uh, like the Lord's commitment to me and not my commitment to him. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Those are two things that like really hit home yeah. with like the pride in me of both of those things, like wanting to like, you know, turn to other people or turn to myself instead of like constantly just looking at him over and over again. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember Tuesday you were telling me about just the, that part in the chapter where the, the friends of the yeah. bride are saying to her, like, mm -hmm. remember who he is. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's altogether wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, and how that, like, really spoke to you. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And also shared with Bear, I'll read it. Um, and John, I was reading John 13. Um, and just kind of in that framework of commitment, like from Song of Solomon in the Old Testament, I was reading John in the New Testament right before Jesus went to the cross. And um, he's about to wash his disciples' feet. And it said Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And just having that framework of commitment to see that in the New Testament of Jesus knowing his hour had come, like knowing it was going to cost him to fulfill that commitment. Because um, even in like human marriage, we don't really know what we're like signing up for. We don't know what's going to be asked of us to commit to that person. We don't know what we're going to ask of them to commit to us. And so um, Jesus like, fully knew that he knew what the commitment was going to cost him. Um, yeah. and so I just think that was so sweet to see, like having that framework of song with Solomon to read even the new Testament, to see Jesus's, uh, commitment played out. And we know he ultimately fulfilled his commitment on the cross. And, um, it wasn't just an oath or a vow that he said, like he loved them to the very end that yeah. he fulfilled that. So, yeah. um, yeah. So thankful. Knowing what you just said about your own struggle mm -hmm. with like looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that probably resonates with a lot of people here, you know, just mm -hmm. focusing on what we do for the Lord mm -hmm. and basing our own security mm -hmm. in who we perceive ourselves to be in any one moment or how well we perceive that we're doing or how mm -hmm. pleased we perceive that God is. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to actually, for you personally, to like learn to live in this new way of 
security with God based on his commitment to you? Like, what does that look like for the season ahead? Um, to reorient your heart in such a way that this is not just Song of Solomon series, yeah. but this is a new way of living with God. Yeah, I think just like the bride, you know, of chapter five of like having to just constantly turn my focus on him um, because like even in that moment wanting to go to my friend, it's just so easy and like we're so distracted in this world. It's so easy to like passively drift away from the Lord if we're not actively like pursuing him. And so just having to like strive to like focus on him and like who he is, that he's altogether lovely and that he's committed and not focusing on me or others. Yeah. For sure. Has it been interesting to like view yourself through the lens of the imagery of a bride? Had that something, I know we spoke a little bit about that Tuesday, but what has that been like? I mean, I can share. I didn't want to take up all the time, so I was trying to be quick. Um, Yeah. When the pastor's asking questions, I'm just giving you more time. Okay. I do it with myself every week. I'm like, look, it's fine. You know? Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So also chapter five, um, Barrett did the sermon, you know, same passage on... At the end, she said he's altogether lovely. Um, and I, I'm like bare, so much like art in this poetry world is like foreign to me. So I'm really growing in that as well. So, um, and then I remember we talked about the bride's a locked garden, like an enclosed fountain. And so I went home that night after that sermon and I was like journaling and I was asking the Lord, like, show me like who you are as this like altogether lovely groom. Like, I don't even know what that means really, but I've never really viewed Jesus in that way, so I was kind of like asking him to show me who he was in that. And then I was like, show me who I am as this like locked garden. Um, thinking about you, like lock up things that are important to you, that are valuable to you. Um, so I'm like, okay, there's value in this garden. Like asking the Lord to show me um, just like who he was and who I am further in this like context. Um, and then, yeah, like, that next day, the Lord gave me this book that was literally, I was flipping through this random book and random paragraph, and I read this line, and it was literally my heart on a page. And I was like, oh my gosh, like Jesus knows me better than I know myself. Like him mm-hmm. showing me that he was so near and so intimate, and like he was putting words into my heart that I didn't even know how to like verbalize. And so I just felt so seen and known in that moment um, that, wow, like this groom like really knows me. And Um, then later that week I had an interaction with a friend that goes here and like such intimate spaces and the way that she like valued me and like took care of me and honored me and like, um, respected me and like such intimate spaces was like so sweet. And when I left uh, her that day, I thought that is like, she's an extension of Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. her value of me, like is an extension of his value of me. Like how much more, um, does he value me more than she does? And so it was really sweet. The Lord met me show me more of who he was and like show me more of who I am as this like valued locked garden Yeah. as I explore this poetry world. <laughs> for sure. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you so much. For sure. Is there anything else you want to say before we? I think that's it. Can y'all thank Kayla for sharing? So grateful. So grateful. I want to turn to you, Rick. Next, I, I thought my okay. turn was coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thankful for you and Mary Kay and y'all's presence in our body in this last season. Really grateful. Um, you came to me one day in particular and courageously shared some things with me about what God was speaking to you. But maybe you want to share. I don't know if it's that or something else, but just what, what has God taught you in this series um, through this book? Yeah, so early on, you know, at, at the beginning of the series, um, we talk about the, uh, the bridegroom expressing his love to the bride and the bride basically responding back, are you sure you've got the right person? And uh, being, you know, insecure in that. And so what I have really gotten out of, of this book is uh, God's reassuring love um, for me and, you know, even though I feel insecure or unworthy, inadequate, unlovable. Um, so one thing you need to know about me, and it becomes pretty obvious to most people, um, I'm an introvert. Um, you know, more, more than that. Introverts unite. 
All right. More, more than that, I, um, I've suffered with insecurity. So let, let me give you uh, an example, a little audience participation maybe. Uh, say you're in high school and you're walking down the street and, uh, oh, a block and a half ahead, you see somebody from one of your classes that, you know, you know them but not well. Uh, you, you know their name, you've, you've been in class, so you've got some shared experience. And they're a block and a half away. So how do you, how do you react? Do you uh, run up to them and throw your arms around them and uh, say how glad you, you are to see them? Um, or do you kind of quicken your pace to um, hurry up to them and, uh, and say hello to them? Do you just walk at your normal pace and uh, as you come up to them, you say, hi, you know, glad to see you. Or do you cross the street and walk down the other side of the street <laughs> so that you don't have to interact with them? Um, I'm not sure about you, but I'm the fourth one. Um, not because I don't like them or, you know, I have anything against them. I just feel insecure in my interaction with them, um, feel... Um, you know, it, it's just a, a sense of insecurity, you know, which in my life has often kind of acted out probably unconsciously as uh, perfectionism and an attention to diligence and uh, doing the right things at the right time, uh, doing them well so that people will like me and accept me. Um, and that's not necessarily bad, but then you know, when things don't go perfectly, um, it can be devastating as well. So, um, and, you know, if I was looking to those things for my acceptance, um, you know, I'm not very secure hmm. in, in all of that. So, hmm. um, seeing um, the bridegroom in this book reach out to the bride and reassuring her uh, over and over again that uh, she's lovable, that he loves her, um, that he's chosen her is very significant um, hmm. for me. It's amazing. What, what shifts does that bring in your heart and in your life? How, how has that transformed you? So um, it allows me to do things like uh, sit up here uh, <laughs> in front of a group of people uh, you know, I have presented to groups before. Uh, I've led uh, small groups, Bible studies, and, uh, you know, it helps with the confidence to be able to do that, to understand that God accepts me, that God has sought me out. Um, he loves me so much that he has sought me out. Mm -hmm. And um, I am lovable. And I have value inherent, uh, not in what I do, you know, what accomplishments I make, but just in and of myself. Hmm. And um, I need reminders of that. And this book has been a reminder. You know, these aren't new lessons for me, they're, but they're things that continually come up over and over again. Things will be going well and uh, everything's good, but then there'll be times when uh, things get hard you know, something at work isn't working the way I think it should, and, you know, my perfectionism kind of takes over, and, oh, I'm not measuring up, and to remember that, that God loves me. And so some of the verses that over the years I've kind of relied on uh, to do this, you know, one in Proverbs 29:25, uh, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Uh, that's yeah. one that has helped me, you know, just kind of go out and do what I, I yeah. need to do. Um, but then, you know, really getting more to um, some of the insecurities and relying on God. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Yeah. Uh, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Um, his, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Um, and then similarly in Isaiah uh, chapter 40, verse 30, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Uh, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. 
Um, but the most important one for me that I learned as a, a baby Christian, you know, back when I was 20 in, in college, um, is from uh, the book of Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets, uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 17. Uh, the Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who saves. He will exalt over you with joy. He will renew you in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Now, I know in that context that uh, the you is referring to the nation of Israel, but I've always looked at this verse as it's referring to me. Hmm. And when we have the creator, when I have the creator of the universe is with me and takes joy in me, how can I argue with that, that I'm not worthy? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so grateful. you have any word for others who may be the group four, walk to the other <laughs> group, side of the street, four. folks? Or, yeah, or, or even if not in that group, just that sense of unworthiness, which is real um, mm -hmm. in the sense of our own awareness of our sinfulness and what would be right for God. But, but that can be sometimes crippling and can even mm -hmm. prevent God from right. giving us what he wants to give us, which is his amazing and unconditional love. So for others who are struggling, is there a word you want to speak? Um, just, you know, call out to God. He does, he does love us. And, you know, I just go back to Zephaniah uh, 3.17. God is with us and he loves us. He takes joy in us. He exalts over us. And we can rely on him. We can turn to him in those times when uh, we don't feel good about ourselves, when circumstances aren't going well. Uh, we can turn to him uh, because he is there and he loves us and cares for us and wants to, uh, wants to see us be successful and joyful yeah. in him. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. Can y'all appreciate Rick with me? Thank you for sharing. Love you. Sam, I'm going to ask you to share next. Uh, Sam Love, many of you know and love Sam already. I mean, her last name is Love for crying out loud. So who better to share in this series than Sam Love? But um, yeah, I would love it if you want to share some of the things God's spoken to you and how that's changed you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm loud. Uh, the last book we also did was Samuel, so... Pretty special name. Yeah, Sam and then love. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Power of influence. But, <laughs> yeah, I think similar to Kayla, I'm going to go back to um, the term Enneagram. So for those of you that know it, that know the numbers, know the fears and wants and needs, I am a two through and through. Um, so easily I can know what you need, know what you want, and attend to that. But on the flip side, I can't do it for myself. So this series, I just wanted to thank you first. Uh, I think many of us that raised our hands saying that we've gone through it before, we've done like a Bible in the year. And I even went back and listened to it before. I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to what they said about the first chapter. No, they did all eight chapters of the Bible recap in five minutes. Um, yeah. So this expository teaching allowed us to like stop um, and really unpack everything uh, that it looks like for marriage. And then specifically what it looks like for me in the season of singleness, um, what it could look like in the future. Um, and then the hope of what it looks like in eternity. Yeah which is beautiful. And this whole concept is hard for us to walk through um, because of the vulnerability that we have to sit through, that I had to like meet you in the space. I talked to him about way before when we started the series, one of his counseling sessions. Also, I'm uh, in the midst of finishing up my counseling degree, so all about the emotions of other people, not my own. And 
the exercise of, okay, let's get rid of all of my exterior stuff. Like, if I don't have my name, who am I? If I don't have my family, if I don't have my friends, if I don't have uh, my personality, if I don't have money, workout, X, Y, Z, um, do I love myself? And there's days where I do, and there's days where I don't. And yet he still does. Um, this journal I've had was a gift. Anyway, I found this letter that I've had since seventh grade when I accepted Jesus, and it's titled, Dear Samantha, My Beloved. Wow. And yeah, it, through who I was, who I am, and still becoming, he loves me. So I think the sermon that impacted me the most was the overwhelming, reaffirming love. Also, it was 20 minutes long, but listen, it's still impacted. I, our response song, I can't even remember what it was, but I was so overcome with emotions that I just started crying. Um, and I think your prayer for the church has been to really experience this because you have, um, and you want it so badly. And similarly, um, we cannot receive until we're ready. We don't know when we're gonna receive Christ and salvation. Uh, we don't know when we have done that and then like continue to receive daily. Um, but I think the heart and the mind of willingness and ready uh, to receive and hear like, I love you um, just for you and nothing else that you bring. It's just hard. Um, because you want to say like, but you don't know who Sam was like five minutes ago or what she said in the parking lot or 10 years ago or what she thinks. Um, but he does, right? Like he knows me better than I know myself and loves me even more. Hmm. Thank you, Sam. What shifts, similar to the question I asked for Rick, moving forward, um, how would you describe the impact that, that you think this will have in just a renewed or even new way of relating to God um, moving from this season and from the study of this book that you've now received from God? Um, yeah, what does it look like into the future? Yeah, future questions are hard because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen in five minutes. Yeah. But my hope, my hope is that I continue to be in the awe of his presence, of the overwhelming love. Um, before you told us that we were going to pray for Uvalde today, this week as educators, we just, I mourned all week. And... I got to sit in that like he loved and knew all those kids even more um, that they are cared for and loved yeah. and with him um, similarly to what's happening overseas uh, what's happened in our cities uh, so I think being able to go back to that truth of his love, not just for me, but for all. Because um, I can love my five people so well. Um, but yet he loves seven billion, and then the seven billion before that. And you can't imagine it. And that's the mystery of who he is. Yeah. And we're never going to be able to grasp it. Yeah. So I want, even though I might not be able to hold on to that every moment of every day, um, I want to circle back to that. Yeah. And it is a gift, my last name, because I can't ever forget it. Yeah. Grateful. I am. Yeah. And in a way, it's now all of our last names, if you think about it. I mean, it, to, even just you saying that, I've never thought about this before, but 
you have a literal last name, which is too cool. We're all jealous. Last name of love. But, in, but just as, as Peter was renamed, all of us are renamed with a new identity in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come, it says. And there is a reality to our new identity in Christ being one of his love for us. That's the defining reality now for us and for us to all to see ourselves as named as a loved one of God. That's a really cool image for us all to take. How would you encourage others um, who may be where you have been or where you are? um, What would you want to say to the church? I would say this journey of love, and I've told him this before, again, it's not just for marriage, it's not just for eternity, but it's also for the now. I can see how I can use this with myself, um, how I can use it in friendships, how I can use it in hopefully marriage, and then also my family that there's gonna be always brokenness because we are imperfect. But through hard conversations and uncomfortableness, there is hope for reconciliation and then deeper restoration. Now that you have fully seen and heard and know what to do moving forward, um, to be able to experience just a glimpse of that fulfilling love. and it's gonna happen over and over again. It's not just a one-time journey through this um, diagram kind of picture, stepping stone thing you go through. It's gonna happen over and over yeah. again until he comes back or we're called home. Yeah. But, so I guess my question or my homework or the lingering thought is what does that intimacy piece look like for you right now? Um, How can you invite more into that space? Uh, Whether it's people in similar seasons or intergenerational um, relationships within the church through mentorship and discipleship. Um, Yeah, bringing people in because that's where the change and that's where we get to really see God work through his vessels is through the body. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Can y'all express your appreciation to Sam? Thank you. Well, um, Bobby Eklund has been on standby. Um, he is a firefighter and um, is ready now. Bobby, we're ready for you to share with us. So, hey, church. Um, Bobby Eklund, for those of you who don't know me, um, Pastor Barrett asked me to um, just... Uh, reflect and speak on um, basically what I learned from the Song of Solomon series and um, how it impacted me and um, uh, you know first of all like so uh, I I just want to thank you Barrett for having the courage to speak about such tough things from the pulpit Um, it's not something that we like we don't talk about physical intimacy um, in the church, and I'm gr- I'm so grateful that you followed the, uh, God's leading on that. Um, and uh, one thing that I uh, several things that I really learned about that I, I really just didn't pay attention to um, any time that I've ever read Song of Solomon, which has been not often, <laughs> and. Um, and I haven't looked so deeply at it from a spiritual perspective and the kingdom mindset. Like, um, you know, in the passages, they like the, uh, you know, husband and wife refer to each other as brother and sister. And, um, you know, it's just what we're supposed to, to how we're supposed to view um, each other is literally like brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, which brings a such a deeper level of intimacy with God, with each other, um, and that really that re- really impacted me personally. Um, and 
you know, I don't necessarily have that much time to go into my story, maybe a little bit of it. I'm terrible at uh, <laughs> summarizing, but um, I do uh, just want to share, just be honest that, um, you know, I have struggled so much in the area of uh, intimacy with God and seeing um, myself as uh, as created in His image because of the ways I've struggled and um, in sexual addictive sin and what goes along with that and um, pornography and just there's I've got a, a years of history of that and um, for those of you that that don't know me I mean that that's um, you know it's tough to say but it's also like necessary to talk about. Um, but this series really impacted me in the way that, um, you know, in relevance to my, my uh, recovery of um, those years and years of what the, what the word calls the locusts have eaten, um, that has uh, made me realize that in this um, book that I'm reading um, that was uh, given to me by, by Brother Tom Crocker about um, it's called The Death of Porn by Ray Ortland, and it's, um, it helped, it, the, two of the chapters are, uh, titled, like, He is Royalty and She is Royalty, and it's, it's essentially what we've learned in the Song of Solomon series of, we are, are God's children, and we have to see each other as such, I mean, he calls us, uh, priests, um, in the New Testament, and um, but that is so has been so impactful to me personally. Um, but I, I do um, want to like conclude by by encouraging those who w do struggle in the area of um, uh, viewing yourself at, uh, as something other than created by God and maybe reading but not believing fully that you are created in his image and that you're made for something bigger uh and better than what you uh i guess give yourself credit for because I, I struggle with that every day um but I'm, I'm just so grateful for having gone through this and i told barrett like every sunday that i was a able to show up um that how it really impacted me on the courage that it really took to to dive into this and to really see through the holy spirit's leading like what it is that god is saying to us that he loves us so much um that that this is like referring back to the scripture like it's not just a love letter in poetry from uh, husband to his wife and vice versa a wife to her husband it's literally um, God talking to us that he seeks us out in that way as Barrett said many times um, but I just want to encourage um, uh, those who may be struggling in, in the ways that I uh, have spoken about in in my life um, and um, that if you need, it, it's a very secretive thing, and we have kept that secretive, which um, that perpetuates that type of behavior, of um, that addictive type of behavior that, um, you know, it's very secretive, and that's not something that should be secretive. We should bear all in front of the Lord and in front of uh, other brothers and sisters who struggle in that way. But if you are struggling, in that way, I want to encourage you that there is hope and there's help. Our church um, has people that you can go to for this, and I, I want to reach out and say that I'm one of them. And if you uh, are interested in help with this uh, type of struggle, that there there is hope and that there is freedom. And um, while I'm a fellow struggler, um, also... Um, a follow of Christ and we can take this together to the throne of grace and receive that and learn how to give ourselves grace. That's something I learn every day. Thank you so much church for your time. And I'm just so grateful for this season 
uh, of how God is moving um, through this message, but also in our church. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Can y'all say thank you to Bobby? Thank you. Um, there's no two ways, so there's no follow-up to that, but I'm so grateful for his willingness to share. Um, and I do encourage, if that is something that God has spoken to you in this series, that there are things that need to change in your life, ways that you're looking for fulfillment other than God, do not stay in the secret places in that struggle. Find another person to confess that to. And just like the bride, pulling others in, wait on the Lord to renew the joy of his love and his salvation in your life and to really restore you back into the place that you know he desires you to be. He's a restoring lover of your soul. Well, Grace Ann Grisham is our last panelist this morning. And Grace Ann, we love you. So grateful for you. You want to share a little bit about what God's done in your life through this study of song? Yeah. Um, so the first two or three sermons, um, God really opened my eyes to how like, I'm limiting him and his love for me. So whenever I was thinking about my journey through this series, I was going through my prayer journal and I realized like, God led me to ask him to show me more of himself and to show me like, more of who he is. And I like, was just asking him for him to break through the limitations I had for him. Um, and I was kind of like posturing myself to really like receive from him. And in the sermon about delight, the girl, after she realizes that like even despite her insecurities, like the guy loves her, like, and we realize despite our insecurities, like Jesus loves us, he fully loves us completely she can delight in him and we can delight in him and we can realize that Jesus truly is beautiful. And we talked about how Jesus is beautiful and I never would think of that as a word to describe Jesus. So then like I started reading in my Bible about Jesus and I realized, yeah, like he is, he's so wonderful and amazing. And then, um, then like a couple of weeks later, life got super overwhelming and it was like one thing after another and I couldn't get out of it. Um, I'm a student and I'm a student and I have a job and like whenever you go to class and then there's homework and then there's work you have to do even outside of that for school and then you go to work, you know, everyone has a million things. Life is overwhelming for everyone and the, it's things that you, you just can't really like pull back from because you have to do those things. Well, during that same time, we talked about the distant sermon and about how in Song of Solomon chapter five, and she wakes up and she's like, there's just like this distance. And, and the first thing that she does, she gets up and she goes and tries to find him. She seeks him with determination. And then she brings others in to help her. And then even when she can't find him then, it, she like chooses to just like trust. And we talked about how in those seasons in our lives, we have to choose to trust God. We have to choose to trust him and give him the benefit of the doubt. And so usually when life is super overwhelming for me, I'll like ask God to help me out. I will ask him, I'll say like, I'll admit, I'll be like, I can't do a thing about any of this. And I, don't want to take control of the situation. So like, God, I need you to help. Um, I need you to give me peace. And then none of the overwhelming things, none of the pressure will be alleviated. So then in my brain, I'm like, okay, I guess that God just doesn't want to help me. And then I like completely do it all myself and try and just numb out and get everything done. And then I think whenever I get everything done, then I'll have time. Then I'll feel like the pressure alleviated. Well, during this season, I really chose to do what what we were led to do based on the Song of Solomon. And I chose to give God the benefit of the doubt. And I chose to say like, maybe there's something that you're doing that's deeper than what all of the, the pressure and the circumstances are doing. Mm -hmm. And one thing specifically in the distant sermon, um, like it was said like, 
God is not doing these things because he does not love us. Like the reason why all the overwhelming things happen, the reason why sometimes life comes in moments where there's so much pressure, there's so much like you can't back out of it. It's not because God doesn't love us. Um, And the reason why we know that is because of the cross. There's nothing about Jesus's life, death or resurrection that that says that like that's enough that that he loves us and I really chose to like take that to heart and there were so many times where like I would get so upset because it would just seem like pressure on pressure and like unexpected things would happen that would just kind of you know not really help with stuff um all while I'm going to God and asking him to help and then like I would just keep telling myself like this isn't happening because he doesn't love me like that's not why this is happening like he loves me and then in the, in that season I would flip through my prayer journal and I realized at the beginning of it all I was praying for God to change my heart more than anything else mm. and so then I realized in the middle of all the pressure in the middle of everything like that's kind of what he was doing and then I got and then he really gave me a lot of joy in that because I realized he's not fixing my situational circumstances because he's fixing the deeper need. Like he's changing my heart. And then I like, I read, um, I read, I was just like reflecting on Jesus's life, basically kind of like, kind of like you kill It was from like John chapter 13 through John chapter 17. And Jesus like that whole journey of all the things that he does and all of the ways that he encourages the disciples right before he dies, it's amazing because he's very honest with them in a loving way. He's like, he's like things are gonna happen and it's gonna be hard, but like have joy. Like you can have joy because of me. And like specifically in John chapter 15, he, um, hold on, he tells them, He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So Jesus is saying like, abide in my love, abide in my love. Do, and like his number one commandment is like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. How do we love God? Like we love God by being willing to receive from him, by being willing to say like, I don't understand. Like I have all these obligations. I have all this stuff that I have to do, but like I'm gonna choose to come to you as well. Like choosing to honor him with our time, choosing to give him the benefit of the doubt choosing to actually like acknowledge the deeper spiritual need that might be there beyond the urgent circumstances that I think are important, but actually might be there to distract me from something deeper that God's Mm. doing for me. Mm. And that's, and then it's like, also like, I used to pray for peace. I used to be like, God, just give me peace in the middle of all this. And really what I was asking God to do, I was really asking God to like take me out of the game. I was like, it was just like a Christian way of being like, God, I can't handle it, do something about it. So I kind of changed my prayer instead instead of praying for peace because like I just, it was honestly the Holy Spirit convicting me and showing me my motive. But I would ask God to give me joy. Like, I would ask him to help me laugh about the, what's going on, not in, like, an apathetic way, but just in a way of, like, like, it's just the way life is. And he was faithful to do that. Even in times where I would get upset about things, like, I would just remind myself what I said. Like, he's not, this isn't happening. Like, God loves me. He loves me. And then I would just be able to laugh about it. Yeah. And it was really sweet. And once you get, it, like, last week we talked about, once you get a taste of God's love, you just want it more and more. And then once you get a taste, the more you taste it, the more you want more of it. Well, I think it's the same way whenever he like grows us in like the fruits of the spirit. Once we grow in it and once we realize, okay, I don't have to be taken out of the game. I don't have to be taken out of this situation. Like God will give me what I need. Yeah. Then it's like, then we want that more. Then the next time that the busyness comes and we think, okay, I just need to like numb out. Then it's like, wait, this isn't working because we've tasted something better. 
we've tasted him like supplying us with something better. So then we want to go to him again. And it's kind of hard because I still kind of want to numb out. But then it's like I have a game plan. I have scripture to go to that I went to last time. And it's faithful and he's faithful. So helpful. Thank you, Grace Ann. Truly. Um, I asked Grace Ann to participate. And she said, I just don't know if my story is like sufficient enough, like if it's like significant enough. And I just want to affirm like we can all relate to that. And what you just shared is so deep and so helpful. And I'm just so grateful for the ways that God has like helped you to learn to receive more of how he truly loves you. And I feel really excited about what that's going to mean for your future. So thank you for sharing. Can y'all express appreciation to Grace Ann? As we close this morning, um, this morning you've heard all of their stories, but I wonder what your story is. What is your story? Today, right now, how would you describe your journey of learning more of God's love for you? What are the ways that you could say, thank you God for, for showing me this? What are those specific things? I put on my Instagram this week a moment with Caroline where I was reflecting on the, the story of Jesus and the 10 lepers and sometimes we just take for granted the opportunity to hear the word and to even receive news of God's love because we've heard it before but there's some things that God has spoken, some work that God has done that after we experience it, we don't wanna just quickly move on. We wanna be the one, like the leper, who's returned to say to Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you did. So I wonder today, what, what would that look like for you to be the one that just returns to say thanks? And what would your story be? What would you be thanking him for? And I also wonder for you, not just looking back at what, how he's done, but looking forward. Sam joked a little bit about, thinking about the future is hard. But moving forward, what, what is it that God wants you to anticipate? What is it that he wants you to surrender? What is it that he wants you to shift? What, what does it look like to move into a future that looks like your primary identity being one of his love for you? What does that look like for you moving forward? So as we close this morning and we move into a time of worship through response and, and song, I want you to surrender. I just want you to, to take a minute to be thankful in specific ways with Jesus. Just right now, it's just you and Jesus. He's here. He loves you. He loves you so much. How can you just say thank you to him in specific ways and how can you be surrendered to him? Anticipation of a future that's defined more and more by his love. If you're here this morning and you want to pray about anything going on in your life or if you don't know Jesus Christ and this morning, I just want to tell you, he's here, he loves you. He came and he lived and he died for forgiveness of your sins and he was buried in your place, taking the condemnation you deserve and he was raised after three days by the spirit of God with power and he lives as a victorious savior, a redeemer, a lover of your soul and he can make you new. We'd love to talk to you about that too. But let's just take time just to, once again, as we close this season, just to rest and receive from the great love of God for us and to be thankful for who he is and how he's loved us and how he will continue to fulfill us with his love forever. Father, thank you for each one that has shared this morning. Lord, you have stirred our hearts. Thank you for this season to know you more through your word. Right now, we return to say thank you and we return to give you our hearts and surrender. And we pray, Father, that you would give grace even now in this moment, that we would hear you calling out, oh, I wanna see your face and I wanna hear your voice. For your face is lovely and your voice is sweet and that we would be able to reply to you, your love, <laughs> Your love is better than wine, better than anything I've ever known. Fill me with your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.